What's up, gamers? Welcome to your hot new Let's... This is now a Let's Play podcast. Or That's right, we're playing Barbie Fairy Utopia for the Sega Dreamcast. There's three pixels on the screen, and that's somehow just as many as there were in the movie. Elena's gonna collect those orbs, maybe we'll get a Bibble minigame, and let's get some wings. <laughs> What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I am your host, Ankit Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films, so to keep my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective on some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. However, I am not on this quest alone. This week, I am once again joined by one of my closest friends and person who owns surprisingly amount of fun t-shirts, my friend Griffin Stouffer. Griffin, hello! Don't talk about my t-shirts. Also, Pranav cut out him saying popping. It gives me bad energy. Shut up, Griffin! <laughs> I'm excited to be back. That can also be cut out. You know what? That was also gave me bad energy. <laughs> but uh, I have notes for right off the top at the beginning of this episode. Some important, some not important. Okay. Are you ready? Because they're just on my phone, but it's a solid page. Oh my god. I was deleting the ones that I already told you, by the way. Here we go. Let's go. So it's just... So it was longer. <laughs> so one right off the top is that I accidentally said Gypsy instead of Romani. That's my American brain coming through. I was talking about specifically Swan Lakes and its kind of anti-Semitic vibes on its villains and possible uh, stereotyping of the Romani people. I said Gypsy. My bad. Sorry. That might come to impact you more, Ankit, because you live in Europe, and I assume you have friends over there, and one of them might listen to the podcast and be like, this dumbass. As American I, friends. I know. <laughs> Americans always ruin everything. So, I never clarified what classic and modern Barbie animated movies are. I think I said it a couple times. I never well, even... Why don't we clarify that? I would like to. I even failed to clarify this in our beginning talk about my research stuff. So... In between, somewhere in 2009, 2010, like the production company changed hands of ownership. It's all Mattel. I think it was it was some re weird corporate stuff that I don't really care about because it's not that interesting. It's just corporations buying other corporations. And I either way, I'm pretty sure it ended up being all the same people anyways. But that just like marks a split in the Barbie movies. I think the writers also may have gotten a little bit more control over how Barbie acted 2010 and after. So from 2001 to 2009, that was about, I want to say, one second, let me check my notes. I think it was either 14 or 16 movies, 16 movies from 2001 and 2009. And there were 14 from 2010 to 2015. There's some other movies. There's some more. I'm going to ignore there's there's like 38 movies total. I don't know what those eight are. I did not look into that. So, yeah, that's. You can find out more on the Wikipedia page if you care about why there's that split. I just decided to call them classic and modern. The only other remaining difference that might be more relevant. And I'll, this is like a condensed down version uh, that could also just be cut to if that explanation gave too much time 
It's that the classic ones focused more on fairy tale adaptions and the modern ones focused more on original stories. Fair enough. So next, because this will give you some time to talk and me not talk about Fairytopia for a second. Oh, fun. Is that I wanted, I, in the middle of the last episode, I said I wanted a general prediction and a long, long, completely long shot prediction that you don't think will happen, but would be awesome if it did for this movie. And I forgot to mention that again at the end of the last episode. You did. So I don't think it matters now because you, I just realized you watched the entire movie. Yeah, I've kind of watched the movie. That's why we're recording now. Uh, so, <laughs> oops, I totally said that. If people are waiting for that, my bad. We're also, sorry. my bad on that. Also, in last episode, at the end of it, I mentioned looking into research papers that have fairytopia. You want to oh, yeah, guess you what find I found? Anything. Uh, I'm going to go with two. I actually did find two research papers that I could control F fairytopia for. Let's go. What were they I'm about? They were just about fairies in media, pretty much, and like <laughs> modern fairy tales. So the fairy topia was just in like a list on them. It wasn't ever like elaborated on, mm. unfortunately. Hey, it made it into two research papers, which is impressive uh, in its own I'm right. I'm pretty sure one was an anecdote about their daughter watching it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, that was a third thing. I don't even remember what that one was about. Next is, I also, I also felt I was a little mean to the movie on the last one, which is kind of fair, but I, I want to just re-express how much I love Barbie Fairytopia. Like, my life would be worse off if I didn't have Barbie Fairytopia. It's that important to me. <laughs> and that's totally not because I contacted one of the writers and directors and they seem very nice. Yeah, no, they seem lovely. We'll get... Uh, for any listeners, we'll get back to that maybe at some point. Hopefully at some point. Currently, we cannot divulge any information, but hopefully at some point, stay tuned. <laughs> you can just... Fun fact. You can email anybody. You can just email people. You can just send emails. Tends to be what an email's used for? Yeah, you can just... You can just do it. Sending an email? One last... Okay, one, the last <laughs> thing I had was that... <laughs> I know, I know, it is. Actually, sorry, I do have two more things. One of the last things I noticed was that Fungus, the little goblin guys, yeah. they're called Fungus, but have you noticed their pants? Their pants have spikes coming out of them, and they live around cacti. They might be cactus. No, but they're Fungus. They're called Fungus. They might be cactus. But they might be cacti. Okay. Doesn't really change a whole lot. Doesn't change a whole to lot. Think about. But like a little, a little, a little thing I remembered. Also, Bibble is Jesus. That's a joke we made last time. I don't worry. I have biblical. I have Bible verses in my notes. I am ready for them when the scenes become relevant. <laughs> yes. That's a lie. I did not go no. through and get Bible verses. I would have been was... very surprised if you did. I was tempted for a moment to um. Just like Google popular Bible verses and fill in. See Bibble. if you could make them fit. <laughs> just well, just control F Bible for Jesus and replace with Bibble. <laughs> just replace it with Bibble. Alas. Alas, your week didn't allow for that type of time. It did. I just didn't want to. And I also thought of it yesterday. Oh, okay. So tragic. So yeah, that's the that's the 
pre-show notes I have. Cool. Feel free to cut that down as much as you want. <laughs> it's kind of just rambling. Well, I mean, that's most of what we do on this show anyway, is yeah. just ramble. But... When did we start? <laughs> yeah, so where are we? Um, Pretty much the last thing that happened was that Azura was putting Elena to sleep. That sounds worse than it is. She was giving her a bed for the night. But she was like, she did I'll see bibble. you in the... She did Rufy Bibble. So I'm not sure. But Azura's like, I'll see you in the morning, perhaps. And guess what? It's morning! Azura comes wow. over. <laughs> I know, right? It's almost like time happened. But... So she comes over, she tries to wake up Bibble, who is fast asleep, which I am not surprised about. He got roofied the night before. She finally... Azura wakes him up by lifting him upside down and then tickling him. What is she doing to our poor god and savior? I mean, I'd wake up if somebody did that to me, so I think it's pretty effective. I mean, I'm not saying that it wasn't effective because Bibble woke I, up. But like, I don't know, it's blasphemy. It's, it's horrible. How how dare you do that to Bibble? But Azura needs a favor. She tells Bibble to find Hugh, who lives in the south, and give him a scroll. He'll know what to do. And Bibble is off on his way. Bibble cool. mission. I want his spin off. I want an entire side story of Bibble just going off trying to find Hugh. Ultimately, it's probably like 10 minutes based on how long it is before we meet Hugh. But I want like a two hour long mini series about Bibble's escapades and trying to find Hugh. It's all just slapstick jokes. Nobody says a single real word. Just everything's blue and <laughs> oddly be... high quality hair animation. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Let's do it. I'm down. We'll, we'll start working on the script. We'll pass it on to Mattel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we can probably get something out in. I don't know when. Not with the stripes. Two, two, two minutes. Yeah, I mean, we can get a script. And, two and just writing the script. Yeah, two minutes about. <laughs> that's all we need. It's kind of just. You know what? Give us, three, give us three in case like our mind drifts for like a minute. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're give right. us three. But three minutes, we'll have a new script. All good. So, Bibble's off on a mission, and Azura looks at Elena and then flies to the door. In pops a fungus or a cacti. Apparently, now I guess I don't know. It's I'm calling him Fungus because that's his name. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what? Terrible security. That's her front door. <laughs> oh yeah, it's bad. Don't I had worry to about. go through like the window and hide under flowers. There's like two or three of these guys, and they took out the entire security team. Oh, I have the, the front note. door. I have. Oh, I'm the sure. Note. <laughs> so oh, I'm sure. Elena wakes up, realizes something is wrong because everyone's gone. And then she looks outside. Here are the useless guards. They're just tied to a tree. Still a terrible job. I maintain. Yeah, no, I, ne I never denied it. They were bad at their job. I was like, you're not very good guards. All you had to do was keep out a fungus and you couldn't even do that. To be fair, I think we've also been pronouncing Alina wrong because I have it written in my notes. E-L-I-N-A and I've been pronouncing... I've been pronouncing it E-L-E-N-A because I've been misremembering the name this entire time. So maybe we're not good at our jobs either. You know what? I never claimed to be good at my job. <laughs> well, this How did job... she sleep through all that? 
What? Isn't she, like, right there? How did she sleep through all that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was the next point that I had, is she didn't sleep through someone opening a door, Azura going, oh, no, or something along those lines, and then Fungus going, ha, 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 and then, like, just grabs her and takes her away. Alina just out cold. And as a as a little a little spoiler for later in the movie, but for how absurd this is, Fungus points out that they saw Alina in the room when they kidnapped Azura. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not blaming Fungus here because Fungus's job was to get Azura, and Fungus was just following. And Fungus did a good job. Look, Fungus let's not did use the job. just following order lines. All right, let's avoid that one for a Barbie movie. No, all right? no, no, we just Barbenheimer. We don't need it again. <laughs> That is kind of the reason that we're watching these movies is because of Barbieheimer. Well, mostly just Barbie. But, yeah, which I still have not seen. Yeah. Your loss. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I think I'll have more time this week. So hopefully I'll go see it this week. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So. Yeah, she somehow sleeps through all of this, which is fascinating. Fungus did his job. I'm not mad at Fungus here. Like, Fungus was told to go do this short. Like, he did a good job. He succeeded very well. Very high quality work. It was extra credit that he failed, but you don't need the extra credit to pass. And who wants a second fairy? Yeah, and also a wingless one. What's the point in that? Like, she's useless. Stop you? No, she can't even fly fast enough. To be fair, they can't. They're just walking back. True. How'd they get down there? I don't know, man. I have notes about that now, How too. How does anybody get anywhere in this goddamn world? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a trek. It's a trek. So, where were we? Kidnapped. Next kidnapped. part. Uh, reaction to the kidnapping. Not very good guards. Great. So, Alina realizes that Laverna has taken Azura. And then, mm-hmm. I guess this guy's name is Quill, because that's what popped up on my little thing. But he's the, what did we call him last episode? The Oh, uh, I called him attendant. Danny DeVito Fairy. Danny DeVito but... Fairy, there we go. The, the fairy attendant person at City Hall. He comes back, yeah. and he's looking for Azura. And pretty much just accuses Elena for, you know, getting, for Azura being gone. And asks her, like, what's happening? What's going on? Like, where is everybody? Blah, blah, blah. Alina's like, no, it wasn't me. And instead of, like, answering anything, she just says, I have to go, and runs away. Instead of just being like, hey, this is what happened. To be fair, she was asleep. She doesn't know what happened. She knows what happened up until she fell asleep. And also, I'm not a genius. But, like, there are two guards outside that you could go question. Yeah, are they are they knocked out? Are they past that? I can't remember if they were, it like... It seemed like they were shifty. They're probably awake. I don't know why... Just go ask them. They're right there. A lot right of it there. doesn't make sense. A lot of it doesn't make sense. This guy makes some weird choices. And then there's, like, a chase sequence, I believe. Oh, not... Kind of, not really, so she pretty much, she climbs out a window, and she's, you know, running away, and then she's on the stem of the flower, 
right? Mm-hmm. And she gets to a point where she's like, I can't jump down. And then she, like, looks up and there's no flower to save her this time. So she can't, like, magic parachute her way down from another, another <laughs> flower that she just steals someone's home, yeah. probably. Those are people's homes. Yeah, she just stole what, another home. What's the well, difference between a home flower and a normal flower? Apparently one you can steal and one you live in. I thought it was sentience. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But so, pretty much, then this large butterfly with enormous eyes comes over and tells her to get on his back. And Alina's like, no! And then Danny DeVito fairy catches Alina, and then they struggle on the stem a bit. And then Alina falls, and the butterfly goes to save her. He catches her, and then Bibble is back. And I'm like, oh! Bibble's back. This is Hugh! Okay. This is Hugh. And Hugh is kind of just, is a butterfly, but also just, like, kind of a guy. He's just, like, he's he's wearing a suit. He's got arms and legs, but only, like, the normal number for for people. But he's got a weird butterfly head and huge butterfly wings. And I don't know what to... Why does he exist aside from fairies? I don't know. Like, is he a different creature is he a different species because he kind of just looks like like you said a fairy but like buff with a weird head and big wings yeah he's just kind of like big actually speaking of big i almost skipped over my notes where i just had like oh my god why is danny devito so big when he grabs her because i don't know if you made this observation but um the character model for the uh town hall fairy i guess quill is this, like, bigger than Alina. I didn't catch and, that. And there's, like, no sense of scale in this movie up until he grabs her. So, like like I said, I said Danny DeVito fairy, so I assumed he would be, like, a little bit shorter. No, he's massive. Oh. This guy is built like a brick shithouse. Ooh, ooh. I mean, he may be built like that. But he's not very good at accomplishing what he's trying to do. Yeah, well, he's a pencil pusher. Whatever. I mean, I never said that he was a good guy. He's trying to attack our heroine. I put no moral weight on pencil pusher. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not. Barbie's riding on Hugh, who is. Barbie's on Hugh. Hugh's here to keep Elena safe and. Get Alina where she needs to go. So they're off to the Wildering Wood to see Dahlia. Dahlia the Dryad. Yay. You know, the Dryad that Azura wanted to meet. But now Alina's going. I've got fucking notes on Dahlia. Don't worry, we'll get there. Oh, yeah. No, I have issues with her. So Laverna says, it's lesson time. And then apparently once all seven guardians are here. And then Ruby interrupts. Asking which one is him because he's significantly taller than the other guardians. The other guardians agree. I mean, what? (laughs) If he's taller, he's taller. Fair. To go, they might as well get into weird little, just like some essentially semantic arguments. I mean, right. That's what I was thinking. But no one argued, they just accepted. I'm, he's right, though. Why, why I mean, wouldn't they just accept? He's taller. Make him taller in the drawing. 
So Laverna does that. She makes him taller. And now Ruby's upset because he thinks he looks like a giraffe. Which, fair enough, he kind of did. I mean, she didn't do a very good job. <laughs> she just made his neck longer. Like, she didn't, like, proportional or, like, wasn't proportional. She, he became a giraffe. So, like, he's not wrong. I understand his why he's upset. He should have specified more than just taller. Yeah. Because, like, you know, now you look like a giraffe and that's what you get. But you are taller and you are the tallest. So, kind of, Ruby, this one's on you. So, Azura's brought in by Fungus. And then we finally learn. Laverna says that once she kidnaps all the guardians, she will suck the power from the necklaces from the enchantress and then transfer the powers to her. And then she notices Azura doesn't have her necklace. And Laverna hits her with this beautiful line. I will only ask once, where is your necklace? Where is it? She literally asked twice before Azura could even answer. And Azura points out the same thing. <laughs> wow. What's it like to know that your observations are on the same level as the Barbie movie? Not good, man. Isn't it fun pausing the movie, writing a note, unpausing, and it's just the same thing that the character says? I mean, like, it, I think it last happen. It's significantly more satisfying when it happens in, like, you know, Fight Club or. Silence of the Lambs and not Barbie Fairytopia. But it's good to know that my brain works the same way as other writers. Take your wins where you can, man. You're not getting a lot of them this. Also, I believe last time, just speaking of the instances where we ask something and then we go there, the necklace has the power. That's why she gave it to Alina. Last time, we asked, I believe, when we talked about her giving the necklace to Alina, why'd she give the necklace to Alina? Why is it so special? Oh, it has some type of power. Literally, like, a minute later in the movie. A week later in terms of podcast, but a minute later in the movie. Yeah, like, at most, three minutes, because we had that whole weird chase scene. Yeah, literally no suspense. <laughs> so, yeah, Fungus doesn't know where the necklace is, and Azura says that she rarely wears it because it clashes with her eyes. For anyone who hasn't seen this movie, they're both blue. Everything about her is blue. Her dress is blue. Her hair is blue. Her eyes are blue. I'm surprised she's not blue. She could be in an Eiffel 95 music video. <laughs> now listen up. Here's the story about a blue fairy and everything she owns is blue and her house is blue and all of her shoes are blue. And if she had a car, it would be blue. I'm blue. da ba dee da ba da you forgot her Just hair. To... Whatever. I don't know how that song goes. <laughs> I do. What song did you even sing? It started as like. It's I'm blue, dabba dee, dabba die. That's how that song starts. <laughs> do, do you not know how I'm blue, dabba dee, dabba die starts? No, I do. I do. I just didn't realize what song you were singing. Yeah, that's how the song starts. It. Here, let me read the lyrics for you word for word to show how good I am at my job. Yo, listen up, here's a story about a little guy that lives in a blue world and all day and night and everything he sees is just blue, like him inside and outside. Blue his house with a blue little window and a blue Corvette and everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around because he ain't got nobody to listen to. I'm blue, da ba dee da ba die. 
Da-ba-dee-da-ba-die, and that continues. <laughs> Literally, they just list things, and then they become blue. I don't even know how that intro to that song goes. I probably fucked up the beat so bad. That's fine. I thought it was beautiful. Well done. I personally Anyways, like yours I, better. I think uh, I can legally include blue daba dee daba die in my research notes, so that's one more page on its own if I just copy down all the lyrics. <laughs> we're now at 11. Anyways, uh, what, were we, what were we talking no, about? What were we, uh, something about things clashing. Anyway, Fungus pipes up, and he says that he saw a pretty blue necklace on a sleeping little fairy girl. Just some useless fairy without wings. And that's where I noted, oh my god, they're all so ableist. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I think they could get sued if they were, like, an institution. Fortunately, they're the bad guys. Yeah, they don't have institutions. Well, not in this world. No, world. no, no. No, no. So, Azura plays it off like, what would a wingless fairy be doing in my house? And Laverna realizes that a fairy without wings won't be affected by the formula and could destroy everything. I'm really glad that she's at least a semi-smart woman. Or, not woman. <laughs> I'm really glad that she's at least a semi-smart villain. Yeah, you combined those words a little bit. I thought you were going for ruler and then it ended different. That was weird. But yeah, and how does... I'm still baffled. By how does the lack of wings make her immune? Because she's still a fairy. I understand, like, it's some magic bullshit. No, 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 but it was explained. I... Because she said at the beginning, the sickness will make them sick so that they can't fly. She never said yeah. that it would make them more sick or anything, right? And yeah, so it doesn't... All, it's, all it's doing is taking away their ability to fly. But because... Elena never had that ability to fly. It doesn't affect her. I don't know if they specified it to that. All I know is that every time they mention it, it's kind of different every time. Because there will be like, oh, it affects, it affects all flying creatures. Not true, because Bibble. Not right, but Bibble is a powerhouse. But then other times it's called like a sickness and it's like, oh, it'll make them too weak to fly. So it weakens them. Like sickness does, it when that would them. still weaken her, but then they'll say it'll affect all fairies, but she's a fairy, but it doesn't affect her. So I'm saying that they're not specific enough, and it's because it's some magic dust, pixie ass, Tinkerbell bullshit. But I want some, I want specifics. I want a complex magical system in this world on how it works. I demand it. Look, I want indices, I, I want appendices. I agree with you that some of it, and they do reference it in a different way throughout the film. I will give you that. However, there are illnesses that only affect certain muscles in your body or certain parts of your body. So it might be something like that, which is only affecting the wings on these creatures, except for Bibble, because Bibble is a powerhouse. Ignore Bibble in this world of conversation right now, because Bibble is special. But, like, it affects the other's ability to fly and their wings. But because Elena doesn't have any wings, she can't be affected by it. It's the same way, like, say 
that there was some disease going around and it only affected people's left arm. If you don't have a left arm, you can't be affected by the thing that goes by that that attacks someone's left arm. Okay, so you're surmising that the sickness only affects like the muscle group in the back that would allow for flight. Yeah, I can accept that. I can accept that. That's a good explanation. You know what? I that this won't my clapping won't get picked up in the mic, but I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, your um, clapping didn't get picked up. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I feel like it makes perfectly good sense. I do agree that sometimes they reference it and it kind of does mess it up a little bit. It's just generic. Yeah, it's just a bit generic and that's fine. And, you know, it's a children's movie. But that would be my it thought process. It is for process. children. Yeah, that would be my thought process of why it only affects them. And then Elena can't be affected because she just doesn't possess that to then it bother her. That makes sense to me. Oh. Cool. Anyways. So where were we before we did that? Laverna. Oh, she's a semi-smart about... villain. So yeah. Laverna orders Fungus to go find this wingless fairy immediately. And then I do enjoy the one Fungus going, when you mean Fungus, do you mean me or like all? And she just yells, all of you. And then they all scurry away. <laughs> Yeah, again, are they they're collective? Are they all just named the same? I guess, I, guess, I mean, they are all just named the same, but... That, that's just laziness by Laverna, but I get it. You're an evil villain. You have other things on your mind. You don't need to remember everybody's name. Just name everyone the same. I'm not sure what Laverna does outside of monologuing. Obviously, she, like, made the sickness gas. Yeah. But outside of that, Fungus does all the work. And... Laverna oh, this is the grunt. Just, Laverna just monologues. And furthermore, we've established that there are no institutions. I'm I'm now going to propose lore and world building for Fairytopia, and it's going to be extremely stupid. Alright, let's go for it. Laverna is analogous to capitalism, because as we know, capitalism is always the true villain. Obviously. Don't even need to elaborate on that. Laverna is trying to create a corporation with Fungus as the workforce, and that's why she does nothing. She is the CEO. She just talks, which is equivalent to just sending emails all day long and doing nothing. And Fungus, like I said, is the workforce. That's why they do all the real work, like kidnapping all of the Guardians. The fairies, outside of Laverna, as we've established, no institutions. So they're essentially an anarchic, anarchic society. Uh, where everything has been fully decommodified. So what I'm saying is Barbie is pro-communism, and that's... I like that I'm also just referring to communism and anarchism as the same thing as though they are, <laughs> which are they are not. Barbie is a commie plot to indoctrinate your children. We've won. We've got them. We've already got them. Um, if anyone wants to yell at Griffin in any way, shape, or form, good luck finding him! Yeah, good luck. I don't have social media. They would have yelled at me for not saying Romani if that was the case. Look, I don't know. I'm not not telling you my email. I don't really have much to add to this. That's the point. It's just a stupid statement. So let's continue. So Elena enjoys flying and she thanks Hugh for saving her life and for the day of flying. 
And then it's a one day's travel to the Wildering Wood. And Bibble is a bit scared. They get to this little area. And Alina just goes on talking about how beautiful the scenery is. And Bibble's just getting more and more scared. And Alina just doesn't care what our patron saint is trying to tell us here. But Bibble <laughs> finally gets her attention. And they are being chased by three very large birds. And they're like pterodactyls with like spiky mohawks or something. At least that's what they look like. We learn what they are yeah. in a minute. I just called them like Mario enemy looking spike birds. Yeah, I called them they... spike. I, I called them uh, spiky mohawk pterodactyl. I think they're technically called firebirds, but they aren't on fire because, again, I think all the oh, villains I are cacti. Oh, I have notes about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, because I think all the villains are cacti, so they're just kind of spiky. Also, again, he was literally just a big guy. She's just riding on the back of a big guy. Yeah. He's and just built different. Here's the part of the movie where I noted down that Bibble can kind of say words sometimes. Specifically name specific but specifically he says names but then adds poof to the end of it. Huh. I don't know if you ever picked up on that because he, he would I picked up he that he be, could say Elena's name. He would say Elena, but he almost always follows it up with poof immediately afterwards, and he'd do that to other people's names as well. Well, he has a puff ball, so maybe like puff poof. I get it. It makes sense. I'm just saying that that's like the one thing he can say is names pretty much. Everything else is just vibes. He'll say gibberish that kind of sounds like words. <laughs> yeah, honestly, one of the most well-spoken characters in the entire film. Honestly, better lines than any other person. He had a lot of emotion, Bibble did. Especially in Every this moment. Character. He was Every terrified. Other Again, he was only brave at the very beginning. <laughs> but he, Bibble does, I think, talk longer than a lot of characters, because most characters say, like, five words and then move on. Yeah, no, Bibble has, like, things to get through. I, Bibble's got, like, rants to go on. Oh, yeah. No, Bibble's here for it. So, they see these spiky birds, which are firebirds, and they... Hugh just goes, evasive maneuvers, hold on! And they start flying and invading. Not very successfully, the firebirds are still on them. In what feels like the slowest chase I have ever witnessed in animation history. Nah, dog. I'm I'm telling you, it's literally better than Top Gun. I've never seen Top Gun, so I can't comment on that. Now there's a movie with gay subtext. Sure. Just like this one. I have that in my notes, by the way. I have in my notes reference Top Gun, and when Ankit says he hasn't seen Top Gun, say there's a movie with gay subtext. I hate you so much that you know me that well to just know that I haven't seen something. <laughs> I called my shot. Two weeks ago. <laughs> All right, that is a prediction for you. So firebirds. Firebirds. <laughs> they work for Laverna. And I just like how the fire is so stationary on these birds. They're just spikes. I don't think, it's, I don't think it's fire. They're cacti, just like everything else in Laverna's lair, including fungus. I just assumed that all the production money went into Bibble's hair and the fire couldn't move like even a centimeter because of it. No, I'll admit these birds are like <laughs> two polygons, <laughs> but I don't think that's intended to be fire. I think they're just like colored orange. 
They're legitimately called fire birds. I'm pretty sure it was intended to be fire, like Moltres. They wanted a Moltres in in Barbie world. I think. Sorry, fairy world. I want to um, make an actual guess here that in the writing, they were specified as fire birds and they were intended to have fire on the back. But what ended up happening is they probably didn't have enough money in the budget to do properly animated fire in those times. But these things are very much not on fire and not intended to be fire. I'm looking at images of them. They are 100% just spikes, and on top of the head is not even spikes, but just feathers. Yeah. It's it's a choice. It's an interesting choice. If I had to guess, that's why they aren't actually on fire. Oh, 100%. But, um, yeah. It kind of looks like it could be, but I get, I get, I get what you mean. They... They are absolutely just Moltres, also. Ankit is absolutely right on that. They are 100% just Moltres. Yeah! They have big fucking beak, they have, like, long wings, they're kind of yellowy-greeny, and then they have, like, the red spikes that look kind of like fire. Different placement, but... It's kind of just Moltres. Kind of just Moltres! Slightly different! barbiemovieconfessions.tumblr.com number 949 I don't understand why Laverna never used Firebirds in the Fairytopia sequels they were a lot more intimidating and effective than the fungi not wrong okay so that was just one of the google search images beautiful so Hugh manages to evade one and it explodes because it couldn't take a turn fast enough and it rams into a rock and then there are two more and Hugh says it's okay I'll find somewhere safe they plunge down towards a waterfall. Well, they plunge down a waterfall. We then see some mermaids, and they go, "Today is what they call perfect." And what a what the guy mermaid says is, he says, "Prince Nalu, you've got it good. Nothing can spoil a day like today." And just then, Hugh comes in to spoil the day. He causes Prince Nalu to fall in the water, and then the prince is not very happy, starts yelling at Hugh, but then shuts up when he sees Elena, because he's like, ooh, pretty girl. I don't know why he's angry about falling into the water. He's a goddamn mermaid. He lives in the fucking water. Also, I just have, uh-oh, hot mermaids. In I notes. know. Uh, firebirds explode into polygons or feathers, and I'm not sure which, because it happens real fast. I couldn't tell. I couldn't <laughs> I tell. I, I think couldn't it's... Tell. I think it's supposed to be feathers, but they just explode when they crash. <laughs> they just and also, <laughs> why did the bird crash and not simply fly in the same direction as Hugh? Is it stupid? No, it couldn't. It couldn't maneuver fast enough. It didn't apparently. even try. <laughs> I mean, you're not. It wrong. just went straight. <laughs> there was zero attempt in going up. Yeah, it didn't like curve up. It just went straight. It didn't like not be able to turn quickly enough. Yep. I just tried to give the bird some, you know, saving face by saying it couldn't turn quickly enough. In reality, it flew straight into a rock. Yeah, no, no saving face for these dumb birds. It wasn't even like Hugh was, like, there, like, taunting it and then flew up at the last second to where it didn't have time to turn. No, it just flew straight. Yeah, it just flew straight. Uh, But also, how is that escaping the birds? He just landed. I I get that they hate water. They say that. But, like... He lands on a little beach. Yeah, he lands in a little cove. And they're way back up there. Oh, yeah. 
Anyways, this is the setup for the sequel. Yeah, I put that together very quickly. So, the prince, he's very awkward. And then the firebirds are still up there. And the cove is a bit of a dead end. Bibble is not happy with Hugh right now. And Hugh says, well, I didn't see you coming up with any ideas. And, you know, we'll just have to wait them out. 99 to 1 odds that they won't fly, fly down here. Guess what? Firebirds fly. I did appreciate this line from Hugh. Perhaps I should revise those odds. <laughs> Immediate cop-out. Just like oh, you, yeah. making predictions. No, I just get them wrong. Yeah, you ought to revise those odds. I do, do, don't have high odds. Please, anyone out there, one, do not give me high odds that I will get a prediction right. I've been wrong on Fairytopia. Anyways, go to onkitbets.com to place bets on his most recent predictions in every episode. You get some great odds. <laughs> you have to buy that domain now. I, I said it. So now you have to buy it before somebody else does. You know what? If somebody else works. wants that domain, they can have that domain. I'll say right now that even if somebody else says they own the domain, it's me. Everything on there is something I support. Have fun, everyone. Have fun. I don't get anything for that. So, anyway, the prince gives them some special seaweed, and it lets them breathe underwater, and then he urges them to eat as much as possible, and then he takes them underwater, and we have bubbles in the water. I don't know why, but it just really excited me that there were animated bubbles in the water. Yeah, Bibble is, once again, a coward, because oh, yeah, he does Bibble's not want He does not want to eat the seaweed. He's like grossed out by it but it's yep. like well it's that or death yep. bibble so yeah bibble bibble might be a powerhouse but he's a coward yeah so what but. did you think about the fact that they could eat seaweed to go underwater i i thought two things one, i know what one of them was what you're gonna make a reference to harry potter actually that is not what i was gonna do so okay. i, okay. I want to hear your two okay so, one, I was like, well, that's oddly convenient that it's also apparently special seaweed and the but prince just, just it. happens to have it. Even though he and was like, hanging out with exclusively mermaids. Yeah, and he also, like, didn't dive under or anything. He just had it, like, in his pocket. Like, here you go. <laughs> like, and, like, not even, like, a tiny bit. Like, he had a good chunk of seaweed. Everybody in this world is just nice and helpful and always prepared. Always prepared. Look, Unless they're going to be kidnapped. Yeah, no. No one's prepared if they're going to be kidnapped. Actually, no, that's a lie. Azura was. She knew that she needed that necklace. She was prepared to be kidnapped. Oh my god, everybody is prepared. Everybody Everyone's knows. Everyone's prepared. The other guardians are just not the brightest, but Azura was prepared. Everybody's got a knife. Probably. Uh, what was your second observation? Oh, my second thought was, I kind of wish that that existed for us, like, now. Yeah, it's a, shame magic, be... it's a shame magic seaweed doesn't exist. <laughs> I just thought that magic seaweed would be fun. That was yeah. the second I mean, you observation. Go, you can go scuba diving, but... Yeah, but then, like, you have the worry of, like, the tank isn't gonna work, and, like, all of that. Whereas, like, you eat some magic seaweed, and you're just like, great, I got an hour, like, here we go. I'm gonna be real, you find out pretty fast if the tank isn't working. 
I've never been scuba diving. I've gone snorkeling a lot, oh, but uh, not If scuba you diving. put your face underwater and you can't breathe. Oh, that tends to be a clear sign yeah, you that you out, can't. You find, out, you find out pretty fast. I'm a certified scuba diver. You are? Or like. I am. No, oh, I am. Yeah. I used I was just to be saying a, in a certified snorkeling, not snorkeling, paddleboarding instructor. What the fuck is the certification for paddleboarding? It was really easy. I just had to show that I could get on a paddleboard. <laughs> you kind of just stand on it and then you paddle. I should it's... not fall. It's hard sometimes if you're really unbalanced. I guess it depends on the choppiness of the water at the time, but. I don't remember, but I'm going to guess that it was pretty calm. It's usually on lakes or on little inlets that are fairly calm, yes. Yeah. Fun. You don't normally go down like a raging five-star rapids on a paddleboard. I uh, didn't know you had to get certified for paddleboarding. I think, it, yeah. That's bonkers. Welcome to the world. They try to make money off of everything. Well, that just means I'm a criminal because I've done paddleboarding. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think you need a certification to paddleboard. I think you need a certification to be able to teach someone how to paddleboard. Me. I'm, I'm going, I'm, whatever. I'm going to the next libertarian uh, debate panel conference for running for president. I'm going to, instead of having the, do you think people should have a license to drive a car? I'm going to do, I'm going to be like, ah, it's ridiculous that you have to have a license to paddleboard. I just want to go Again. down to the lake. Again, I'd just like to make no, it clear. I'm not going to specify. <laughs> I'm specifying. I know it's instruction. It's for instruction, but yeah, no. funnier that it's funnier if it's not. I believe that you should do this and record it and send me a video. I don't need to. We can just look at the. We we can watch the video of the the classic bit of uh, the asking if there should be a license in order to be able to drive a car. And yeah. then three people say no and get cheered. And then one person says, like, yeah, we probably should. And they get booed. <laughs> it's a it good was video. Classic video. <laughs> if nobody's ever seen that, the libertarian presidential debate car license, one, something on there where Google will make it come up. It's so funny. I'll try I to find it and put it in the episode description if yeah, I'm able it, to find it. It is beyond parody. It's, it's... such a good video. It's a wild video. So anyway, we're underwater. There are bubbles. Bibble scared. The music. Oh wait, the seaweed scared. thing. I'm still on the seaweed. Yeah, no, seaweed. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I dragged us away from that. We're still that back to seaweed. Fault. All right. Uh, uh, hold on. What's more about the seaweed? I thought you were gonna make a reference to Harry Potter Goblet of Fire. You know what? And it's wild that I didn't, because I literally finished that book. I know. Yesterday. You said you've been rereading them and stuff. And as if anybody knows anything about Ong, it's that, it's that he fully supports all of the content of the Harry Potter books and everything that J.K. Rowling no, has ever no, done. No, um, give it, no! So, so, I, uh, so I, obvious, I obviously was like, which one of these came out when? Because that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, um, sure. And if Barbie came out somehow before that, but it didn't. But if it somehow did, that would be incredibly funny. Obviously, Fairytopia was in 2009, and I just have no sense of time. The I book thought it came was 2005. Out, the movie was 2005. Or, yeah, that would wait. be 2005. No, sorry, 2009. 
The movie, sorry, Fairytopia came out in 2005 as well. The movie for Goblet of Fire came out in 2005. The book came out in 2000. So, no, Barbie just ripped off Harry Potter there. But also, it would have been really funny if Harry Potter ripped off Barbie Fairytopia. <laughs> if, if Harry Potter ripped I, off I really, I really wish it had. That would have been uh, so good. That would have been fantastic. Look, I like the Harry Potter series. I don't support everything that that person has said okay they're underwater yeah so they're underwater they get through they manage to escape and the prince is like no need to thank me i just wanted to help elena keeps staring at him and then the prince tells them that the wildering wood is a few miles to the east and then the prince is sad elena has to go and hopes that one day they will meet again ding 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 this is the entire setup That's for the sequel the sequel how the fuck do hugh's wings work underwater don't ask. I just accept like, it and move on. Eat the seaweed that lets them breathe underwater. But they're flying underwater. Don't worry. Not answered in the sequel. Somehow wings still work underwater. Storm! In the second one, they can speak underwater, by the way. You know what? Maybe there's another magical seaweed. Works. Don't ruin it. I haven't figured that out yet. It is such a long swim sequence, and they do stare at each other for a long time. I counted. So while they're underwater, they stare at each other for a full eight seconds, and above water, another five seconds. I wasted 13 seconds of this movie just watching these two animated characters stare at each other. This movie is so queer-coded that they had to have such a forced, straight interaction here. I, that's, my, that's my hypothesis. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what what's not gay? What is not gay about fairies? Let's be real. Um, thirteen. No, I got nothing. I got other. nothing. I got nothing. So anyway, Bibble, who is a patron saint, starts singing the "Kissing in a Tree" song, <laughs> and he's a gem. Canon in the fairy world. All right, they know about that song. They know about that song, and if anyone doesn't know about that song, um. That confirms that they speak English. Yeah. No, if someone doesn't know about that song, it confirms either they didn't grow up in America. Because I don't know how popular that song is in the rest of the world. I'm pretty sure it's a pretty big trope. I'm pretty sure that it's generally there. Primarily speak English. Yeah. But the second thing is that more likely than not, you don't speak English. As a first language. I just confirmed that that's not the case for Fairytopia, and they all speak English. That's right. Fairytopia is America. But the toy was made in Japan. Barbie? Yeah, Barbie was about a toy that was made in Japan and launched in the U.S., and Oppenheimer was about a toy that was made in the U.S. and launched in Japan. Did you not see that meme? I didn't. I'm, br- I'm pretty sure Barbie was made in the U.S., dude. Is, wasn't no, the it was launched in the U.S., Bruce? but it was made in Japan. Look it up right now. I promise you, this is a meme that was floating around a while, like a month and a half ago. Oh, they were manufactured in Japan. See, they were made okay. in Japan. Sorry, that was my confusion on the term uh, manufactured. They were created by Ruth Handler, but manufactured in Japan. I was like, was it her name Ruth? I'm pretty sure that's not a Japanese <laughs> name. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> So, anyway, they get to the Wildering Wood. It's a bunch of large trees, kind of like Avatar. Again, looks like a Mario level. Yep, it's sad. The sickness is bad here. And just then, 
because right on cue, Hugh flies into the smoke and is suddenly sick and can't fly. Well done, Hugh. Way to not avoid the smoke. So, Hugh says that he can still fly. He won't quit until he finishes his job. He's a man of his word. Alina says you have to land or you'll hurt yourself and then orders Hugh to land. And Alina tells Hugh to rest and that she will go to continue and find Dahlia. Alina says that she won't let him come and she's trying to help him get used to it. It's what friends do. And then Alina kisses Hugh on the cheek and goes off on her own, telling Bibble to stay and look after Hugh. Bibble isn't happy, but Alina says that she will be back. She promises. And I was like, nope. She's not coming back. Spoiler alert, I was wrong. Why does Alina keep having to tell tell people to stop because they're literally, like, dying? Uh, too many to count. Like, I've... She had to do it to Dandelion in the first woods, and they get to a new... They also get to woods here, I've just noticed, and she has to tell Hugh to stop because he's literally dying. Yeah. kind of goes straight down. But, um, also... She's like, I'm going to go ahead. Where's she going to go? They're on a treetop. They're like, oh, no. They're like two, th- two feet wide, thousands of feet in the air. You do not see the ground at the bottom of these trees. You cannot. Um, it doesn't exist. Cannot. It's just like fog. But um, I don't know where she go, where she's going. She's walking like to the edge of the tree and being like, all right, Dolly's not here. Further, and then... Bibble never wants to go anywhere. Why is he mad that she's like, Bibble, stay here? I don't know, man. Bibble don't want to go. Baffling to me. Confusing. I agree. Uh, It's very confusing. Anyways, I guess she's going to have to climb the trees like Breath of the Wild. Time for 30 seconds of self-doubt sequence and then no more. She climbs the tree. This takes a while. She gets to the top of one and then starts to scream hello and realizes that this is crazy. She's like, oh, Azura should be here. It's not me. I'm not worth it. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. So much self-doubt, so much lack of self-worth. And then just then, two little, what are they, dwarves? People? I don't uh, know. I had gnomes. I also have a question mark next to that. I don't think they ever state what they are. I just have to assume gnomes. I'm gonna go with gnomes because it sounds better. So they pop out of a leaf somewhere from above. I don't know. They just emerged magically. And they're like, you don't think you have a chance. Join us while we rhyme and dance. And I was like, I'm going to hate these two. Yeah, it's they're just immediately gonna be annoying. Oh, my they're God. All rhyming. No. So they saw the shine around her neck from the necklace and thought that they would come visit. They live in the wildering woods and know it well. So Alina asked them to take her to Dahlia. And Alina says, great, take me to see her. And off they go. And these two are like doing stuff along the way, like flips and like things. So that like this climbing over tree sequence is slightly more entertaining, but still very mundane. But also they can't fly either. And this just seems like a very highly inconvenient place for them to live, like thousands of feet up in the air. Well, yeah, if you've noticed, they're very bouncy. They are very bouncy. I will give I them that. I don't know if that's going to help them. I don't. <laughs> again, how does any, but this world is not built for people without wings. And that just furthers the point that it's all a metaphor for having a disability. It doesn't make any sense. Like, oh my god, you you have so many people in this world. 
And there's just no way that you can get anywhere without wings. Now you're getting it. Dude, I got, I know, I know what the... Anyways, Alina never said please when she asked them to show her... Oh yeah, no, she just said, great, take me. She was like, you're gonna do this. So, they finally reach, and there's nothing there. And I'm like, it's invisible. Pretty much, all the trees look the same. Alina says, I came all this way and you have no idea where Dahlia is and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, these two little gnomes have helped you. This is where it is. And I'm like, it's hidden. Just wait. Be patient. And then a fairy comes. She doesn't know that dryads are just trees. Yeah, I don't. She lives in this world. Look, man, I... not very big. They've done this journey in like an hour. I appreciated that she just wasn't the brightest. Of heroes in our stories. She has to be spoon-fed information. That's how it works. So, Dahlia comes out of the tree, and she is just another fairy. Yeah. There's nothing special about her. There's nothing different about her from any other fairy. She's a dryad, so she is tree. You want to know the best part? They had an excuse to give a fairy green hair. They didn't even give her green hair. They didn't even give her green hair. They didn't give her, like like some like vines around her Nothing. or anything. They didn't give her an interesting outfit that made sense. Nah. Just a fucking fairy, dude. Just a fairy. Just a fairy. So Dahlia heard the necklace's power short and came looking for Azura. Alina tells her that Azura has been kidnapped, so she came instead. And then the f- and then Dahlia is like, suppose they brought you to me. And I was like, what? And then they look like, the little gnomes look guilty, wish her luck, and then run away. And I'm like, are they not supposed to, like, help? Like, what, what, what's this weird subtext going on? Like, why does Dahlia hate the two little cute, annoying gnomes? At least Alina said thanks. I mean, yeah, at least she said thank you. She never said please. But, I don't know, like, what's the, what's the subtext there? Like, what's going on? I need to know. I need to know. That's the other short film that I need, is what happened there. What ha- why Dahlia, who was on the side of Laverna, but then left her... Also, Laverna has other people aside from Fungus on her nope. side? No, nope, she just has Fungus anymore. Now. Not nope. anymore. Uh, she had. She did. I don't get it. She was bad at it. So, Alina says she's glad that she's here. Dahlia says, I can't help you. And Alina tells Dahlia that... Azura said that since she was loyal to Laverna, she'll know how to stop her. And I had my notes. Azura definitely said maybe. She never... Uh... I have in... <laughs> I have in my notes, oh my god, enemies to lovers. <laughs> so... Also said time for the line because I... I don't know if that was a prediction that they were. she was going to have to say the line to convince Dahlia or if... Yeah, I I should have seen it coming, dude. I should have seen it coming. But also, just another thing. Elena never confirmed that this is Dahlia. She just assumed. Because this person came out of a tree. You gotta confirm who you're talking to. For all we know, this person really can't help because this isn't Dahlia. I mean, it is Dahlia, but like, what if it wasn't? You never confirmed that this is Dahlia. You've never met Dahlia before. You can't just go out spewing information that might be, you know important for the safety of your world to just anybody without knowing who they are. I mean, the gnome said it was Dahlia. Look, I trusted the gnomes, but I'm just saying, you gotta confirm. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? 
Who knows? Uh, do we ever... I'm trying to remember if we ever get Dahlia confirming that she's Dahlia or somebody else calling her Dahlia. Nope, someone else calls her Dahlia. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. So Dahlia says that 10 years ago, when Dahlia left Laverna, she told the Guardians she would help, but then only Azura believed her that, you know, she had changed everyone else that thought that she was a spy for Laverna, and so she isn't interested in favors for the Guardians. And Alina's like, well, Azura was a friend, and she's still a friend, and now all of future Fairytopia is in trouble. And Dahlia says, I don't know all of Fairytopia, so why would I risk my neck for them? Alina says, they're the friends you haven't made yet. And I was like, oh, come on! <laughs> yep, that, that line's gonna be one or two more times at least. Oh, I should have seen it coming. I should have seen it coming. I didn't see it coming. And then, you know, you don't, you have to do what's right, even if it's not the easiest thing for you. And then she just goes to leave, and Alina's like, like, Alina goes to leave, and Dahlia's like, wait, I can help. And I'm like, really? She got you off of that line? That's the line that made you help? You got a guilt trip, the fucking dryad, dude. Wasn't even a good guilt trip. <laughs> there was no guilt anyway we're gonna take a break this is gonna be a long episode but we're gonna take a break and then we'll come back and finish the movie so woo hello everyone and welcome to the intermission i hope you're all enjoying this episode as we continue watching barbie fairytopia it's definitely been a journey that is for sure but thank you all so much for being on this journey with me if you all want to support the show and gain access to bonus content you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash and signing up at any of the tiers, you'll get access to different types of bonus content. Some of the content, when I get it up, that we've alluded to in this episode of like the research that Griffin has done and different things like that, we'll make sure that that's available for everyone to take a listen to. And that'll be also an example of some of the bonus content that you may get if you sign up on Patreon. But be sure and head on over any money from the Patreon will go directly back into the show to help fund the show and make it a better show. Once again, you can sign up at any tier at patreon.com slash postfinale. And if you can't sign up on Patreon, that's completely fine. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and please continue tuning in to future episodes. And if you still want to support the show, I love that. Please talk about us on social media, share posts, recommend the show to a friend, and be like, hey, you love movies, go check out this new podcast about movies. And be sure to follow us on all the social medias at Pod on all of them. Feel free, send us an email, postfinalepod at gmail.com. I will respond to any emails that we get. It just might take me a little bit of time, but thank you so much for everyone for listening to this episode, and let's get back into it. So, we're back at Hugh, and he says that he's feeling a bit better. Bibble says he's so-so on the lying part of it, and Alina says Dahlia will help, but it'll get very dangerous, so Alina doesn't think that either of them should come. Bibble gets very upset at this and is pretty much saying, how could you, how dare you, etc, etc. Hugh just looks like he's wearing a sweater, 
in the background? Kind of is. He's just kind of. Just, he's just a guy. In <laughs> he's a just a guy. <laughs> so Hugh says he wants to come, not because it's his job. It's because he loves Elena. Wow, they've known each other for twenty minutes. Yep. That strong bond of friendship. You know what? We'll give them a day. They did say that it's a day's journey to get to the wildering woods. Dahlia says their biggest asset is a surprise. Laverna won't expect this bunch to come after her. <laughs> she expects it. She knows that you're coming. Absolutely she, expects it. She knows you're coming. And we're back at Laverna's. She has all the guardians now. And... I just realized none of the Guardians put up much of a fight. They all just kind of came. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> it is wild that the ones who don't have to have assistance to fly from a giant butterfly man can't just, like, run away from the fungus that cannot that fly. cannot fly. Yeah. No, no, no. They're not the brightest Guardians. I don't really know if they're very good at the no, whole I... guarding thing. What? I mean, they guard, they guard the power of the necklaces, obviously. That was a stupid <laughs> were question. You, were you about to ask, what do the Guardians was, guard? Yeah, I was just going to be like, what the fuck do the Guardians even guard? They're just kind of people who live in houses. What do they do? It's like, oh, the necklaces hold the power, but the power is just that of the Enchantress, kind of, but also it's a separate power because the Enchantress has her own power. Except she can easily just be weakened by a sickness caused by Laverna. Also, I assume the one for the Enchantress is a different sickness than the gas sickness because because the Enchantress is straight up laid out. She is gone. She is in a coma. And oh, the yeah. sickness doesn't seem to do that to anybody else. No. It's Anyways. a different sickness. It's definitely different. So she has all the guards and soon she will have Azura's necklace and then will become the new queen. Why did she have to wait for all seven? It was never clear. It was never specified. They all had the necklaces. No, I get that. But, like, why didn't Laverna just take the power from one of them at a time? And then she didn't have to worry about it. And then, uh, you know, she didn't have to worry about tomfoolery happening or the power of friendship that you haven't made yet happening. And she could have saved no a sense. lot of trouble. Yeah, no, she should she should have. I I don't And then by the time she got to Elena, she would have yeah. just had enough power to overpower her immediately. And she would only be missing one of them and Exactly. She would already fun. have the power from the other six to overpower Elena. But like it it makes no sense. I don't know if she says anything about having them all to be in like seven so that they make the rainbow. If that's no, like she doesn't. She, she never doesn't. mentions anything like that. Nope. She just says, I need all seven. She never says that she can't collect them one by one like Thanos with the Infinity Stones. She does mention a little stinky magic crystal. Oh, yeah. She does have that. And she, like, introduces it in a fun way, going, I have a match trick, and then, like, pulls it out from behind Azura's ear. And Azura's not impressed. A uh, different guardian definitely is. <laughs> They must not have a lot of entertainment in their world if that's the impressive thing. Yeah, I, um... I mean, don't get me also, wrong, it is cool when it's done properly, but, like, you know. Also, did you notice that most of the Guardians do not talk? Only three of them have, like, voices? Yep. They want to pay for more voice actors or something? Nope. <laughs> 
Anyways. Corporate greed, corporate greed. So, not just any crystal, but when placed in the right spot, nothing happens. But nothing yet. But then all the necklaces start to glow, and the gems feel the presence of their sister, and the wingless fairy is here. And so, now all the fungus are ordered to bring her to Laverna. So, our friends are flying, our heroes are flying through the air. Dahlia reveals when she left Laverna, she learned of a device that she could create to use the strength of her royal bloodline to suck the powers from the Guardian's necklaces and transfer to herself. Dahlia isn't sure how it worked, as she was still in the planning phase when Dahlia left, but reveals that it had one weakness, and that was the union point, which will always be fragile. I would just like to point out that this person was swayed by the line for the friends you haven't made yet. Don't know if we can trust her. Uh, what do you think the union point is? I bet you can uh, guess. I'm guessing it's the point where the crystal and the structure combine. Yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious even then. It's like, goddamn, the union point, it's the crystal. Yeah. Yeah. It's the crystal. There is, a, once again, no mystery, no suspense, <laughs> no puzzle to solve. None whatsoever. The crystal. It's just the crystal. So, Ilina says, okay, I'll go in alone. And then the others kind of object. And she's like, it's more dangerous if we all go. It has to be her. She has the necklace. And Dahlia doesn't go either. Dahlia didn't need to come on this trip. No. <laughs> nope. Dahlia did not need to come. She could have just been like, union point. That's all the information they needed. I don't think Dahlia really does anything either. She doesn't. She's useless. I think she's like with Hugh for the rest of the story and he does all of the work. Hugh does all of the work. Dahlia just rides Hugh and Dahlia has wings. But like, and like Hugh is in effect, is affected by the sickness later, but not for a while. But then Dahlia that's doesn't seem like she Hugh feels like shit. Built different. Hugh is built different, but Dahlia doesn't act like she feels like shit from the sickness, but Hugh does. Yeah. And that's just inconsistent. Just. Dahlia's useless. Dahlia is useless. Yeah, where were we in the movie? What were we talking about? Elena starts to run and, you know, keeps hiding to make her way across on foot. And mm -hmm. Fungus thinks that he heard something. And just as they're about to spot Elena, Hugh flies over to distract them. And they run past chasing Hugh, with Dahlia on his back being lazy. And they don't have a single shred of peripheral vision. How, how did Hugh get onto the... Because Hugh came over the cactus she was hiding behind from the opposite side that she was on. How did he get on that side without being spotted? Because Hugh's, Hugh's a maniac. He's just that good at it. He's like Rowlet. In Pokemon and like owls in real life, like he can just fly without being heard. Why aren't the birds affected by the gas? Don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, here, here's why. Blimps. Here's why. I got it. I got it. I got it. I am. No, no, no. I've got it because the birds don't have arms. 
See, if if you look at the other creatures other than Bibble, again, Bibble is our patron saint and god. We he he cannot be hurt. But Bibble is the mascot of the podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm adopting Bibble. I love Bibble. He's fantastic. He's the cutest character that we have had on. I think any of this podcast. He's adorable. Considering the other options are Tyler Durden <laughs> and the briefcase from that Tarantino film, uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I think Bibble's a pretty strong choice. Yeah. I mean, he does have to go up against, I guess... The rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Sure, we got the rabbit. What did we have from Shawshank Redemption? The chisel? The fucking spoon? Why not? Let's go with the spoon. So I feel like Bibble's doing pretty well in terms of, you know... His chances there, in this race. Is there a picture of Bibble in prison? No, don't put Bibble in prison. I don't need Bibble in prison. I'm sorry, it autocorrects to Bible in prison and it won't show me anything else. <laughs> oh. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> What'd you get? Bibble in prison or Bible in prison? No, it was literally just Bible in prison. Oh, well, that's not as interesting. Let me try Bibble as a prisoner. I... Again, only... No, search only for Bibble as a prisoner. That is a foul image. Okay, Griffin, we're gonna move on. That <laughs> before is you get foul. sucked into it's... that rabbit hole. It's not inappropriate, it's just foul. Oh, fair. Anyways... Yeah, Metal Gear Solid-ass stealth sequence. Good thing the guards' sightlines are shit. Yep, they have no sightlines. So, Alina runs, and then is caught by a fungus, and then Bibble comes to save the day. He shows a little bit of backbone for once. He's flying around and taunting the fungus who can't catch him, and Hugh and Dahlia have, have attracted the firebirds who start to chase them as well. And Bibble is blissfully flying and making the fungus miss. He's laughing, he's having a great time, and... He's just on his back, like it's it's hilarious. Bibble's just hiding. Bibble's on... a fucking menace. <laughs> no, Bibble Bibble tortured this fungus, and I loved it. I was here for it. It was fun. Yeah, it was silly. Absolutely, the longest slapstick sequence in the movie. Bibble is also such a menace that he makes this fungus flip. But sadly for Bibble. The fun must come to an end, because in his celebration, he flies straight into a cage. I think he could fit through the bars. <laughs> he probably could if he tried hard enough. So, Alina's making a run for it, and she gets to the entrance, turns around, sees Hugh getting tired while being chased, and then Hugh goes down in the distance, and Alina walks inside the entrance. It's dark. Spooky. There are large walls and ceilings. Alina hears some fungus. She avoids them, and then continues. It was very exhilarating. It was legitimately what happened. It was at this point in the movie that I realized that the fungus were all the same because they just wanted to use the same model and voice actor. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a very apparent when they're walking side by side with the exact same walking walk cycle animation, and they all look the exact same. Yeah. It's an effective animation. Copy paste. Copy paste. It, work. it works. It works. Control C, Control V every day. There you go. So 
everyone... Why do the cacti keep changing texture quality also? I don't know. These aren't Pokemon cacti. They don't have regional variants or different forms. No, she, uh... She... Uh, Alina walks by several cactus, and sometimes they're further away and sometimes they're closer. And sometimes... They have different texture qualities. And by that, I mean, like, literally... The t- like, the m- texture of the model... Like the pixels, the art that they drew for it and post pasted over the three D oh. model. It's like a different texture. Don't ask me. I'm not an animator. I'll email them too. Great. Anyways, so, everyone's caught, and Fungus believes that they are friends of the Wingless Fairy. Alina reaches the bottom of a large spiral staircase. The villain's lair is the most accessible thing we've seen all movie. The spiral staircase goes up to a butthole. <laughs> also, how did the how did the birds capture Hugh? Because like they don't have they don't have hands. How do they capture him and not kill him? They had legs. They had talons. Oh my god, you're so right. I ignored the legs for some reason. In my head, I've been imagining them as like these legless fucking discs with wings out the side <laughs> and spikes on top. They are they cowards. They legs. should have killed them. So we should have killed them. Keep no prisoners. Sure. I mean, I don't know if they would have been able to kill Bibble, but yeah, fair enough. So Alina reaches the top. She sees Hugh, Bibble, and Dahlia. The ropes are enchanted. They can't be untied. Alina tells Laverna to let them go and that they don't have anything you want. And Laverna's like, no, this isn't true. They have your love. And she's happy to let them go. If Alina gives her Azura's necklace, and then Alina, in a fit of passion, just goes, NEVER! And a rainbow flashes across her eye. Laverna notices the rainbow, and says, Some would say you're no ordinary fairy. Laverna says Alina is not like her, and Alina says, Nothing like me. Of course you are. You're special, but you're not treated that way. And then... You were laughed at, treated like you don't fit in because you're a little different than everyone else. Laverna knows how that feels, and she can change it. Gotta say, Laverna is a semi-smart villain. She is smart to pull on the heartstrings, but also it's not gonna work. But like, Laverna's gotta try what Laverna's gotta try. But also, Laverna's a true ally because she has an accessibility staircase. So is she really a villain? This is the part of the movie where we start siding with the villain. At least I do. I'm with the villain, like, I get it. Like, you know, she's just looking out for everybody. She's like, look, you don't have wings. I can help you get wings so you don't have to struggle. Like, Let me I introduce can... you to stairs. Let me, let me build some stairs so that the wingless fairy can get up here. Like, you know, maybe I can't give you the wings. I can give you accessibility. And honestly, Laverna's... Probably not the worst character in this film. Probably not. I'd probably Possibly give that not. to one of the guardians that doesn't speak. <laughs> yeah. What do they do? Nothing. They Nothing. don't even. They're... They can't even crack jokes for me. Make me laugh. <laughs> Completely me useless. Laugh. They're just there for the sake of being there. So Laverne is trying to convince Alina to. Uh, and give her the necklace. I don't know why she doesn't just blast her and take the necklace. Maybe there's some magical rule that it can't be taken by force. I don't know. 
I had the same thought. That's also why, because, like, why does she need the Guardians? Why couldn't she just take the necklaces? I, I'm assuming that there's some magical thing that, like, it has to, it can't be forcibly taken away or something. Well, because she also wants Alina to put the necklace back on Azura's neck. Which doesn't make any sense. Which, again, is like, why couldn't she just sit in the chair? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. We gotta wait for the director to (laughs) contact us back. The necklace? I mean, the... I'll get to that later, actually, you know? Anyways, Laverne is trying to convince her, and we fall into the kind of classic trope of fixing a disabled person, and that fixing is in heavy quotes. Oh, yeah. Which... It's not okay. Yeah, that's it. There's not really any more analysis there. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Laverna says everything in her little world will be just how she remembered it. Uh, no, it won't. Because all the perspectives will have changed. Doesn't work. Yeah, no, it doesn't, doesn't work. Her... Is her... No, no, no. Would she stop doing the magic death gas after she gains all the power, or... No, because then her plan was, was to say that... No, 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 because her plan was that after she did the magic death gas, she would get all the power, and then she would come back and be like, I have the power to cure you! And then that's why everyone would then be loyal to her. That's right. Okay. Yeah, so... The magic death gas would go away. Yeah. I was like, damn, she's... <laughs> really stopping everybody from having a good time out here, and then just gonna become leader of a bad time. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not good vibes out there. No, no, no. She did have a plan for magic death gas. Like, she's got okay. her bases covered. She, she, again, a semi-smart villain. Yeah. It's been two weeks since I've seen this now, because I watched the whole thing at once. Yeah, fair enough. So, Alina's caught in some sort of trance, and Laverna sends her to put the necklace on Azura's neck, as we mentioned, and Alina starts going over, and Laverna starts to suck the power from all the other gems. And then it starts with Ruby, and then another, and I'm like, hey, guess what? She's gonna get there right on time for it to be the last one that she needs. Azura is trying to urge her to wake up, and she's going, wake up with it being the last. She's going to wake up with it being the last gem. And Azura's efforts in trying to get her to wake up are, try to wake up. And then Azura shouts at Laverna, saying, you can't do this. And then Laverna just laughs evilly, and Alina places the necklace on Laverna. And Laverna starts to get the powers. Azura, you were not very good at convincing her to stop. But you don't didn't worry. even try. She can just say the line. You're right. You're right. But also, the magic literally comes from the chair back. Why couldn't the necklace just be in the chairs? It doesn't make sense. But also, they do follow Roy G. Biv. It is the seven colors of the rainbow. Do not worry. I double checked. Well, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't tell the difference between the indigo and the violet, so I just... Nobody can, that's why they're different. the same color now. That's why there's six colors of the rainbow now. Wait, what? When did that happen? Yeah, it's kind of just Roy G. Boov now. When did that happen? Who took out indigo? Because they realized nobody gives a shit about indigo, and it's kind of just blue or violet. But, like, technically it's not. Kind of is, though. I, d- right. See, here's the thing, is I'm colorblind. I legitimately cannot tell the difference between indigo and violet or indigo and blue or sometimes even blue and violet. But, like, that's not the point here. The point is that I recognize that there's a difference. It's a different issue that I can't see the difference, but there is a difference. 
I don't know why you have such strong feelings about this. You can't even see them. You, but you can't just negate colors. It that, still like, exists as a color. It's just there's not as much of a line there between those two color, those three colors, anyways, and it's just fine as two colors. But like, there was a difference, and now there's not a difference. You can't just tell me that suddenly there's not a difference when for years you've been telling me that there's a difference. I haven't told you shit for years. You I'm telling haven't, you this now. No, you've told me multiple other things for years. Um, inflate not me. With the ins- I'm gonna I'll go I'm gonna fact check myself. Uh ba, ba, ba. Da, 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 da. The color indigo refers to a blue purple color that many people can't actually distinguish from blue or purple. Sure. So yes. It was kind of vaguely removed, but not really. So it is still Roy G Biv? And not Boo? No. It can't I mean it can be. It literally doesn't matter. I don't know why we're going on it's this. It's literally the most irrelevant thing. <laughs> We've been talking about um, colors for about three minutes now. Shall we move on? Yeah, I'm not finding a lot. Just on an easy search about. Anyways, so, go on. Yeah, she says the line. She says, for the friends you haven't met, Elena. And it, guess what? Ding, ding, ding. It breaks the spell. Wow. Oh my god, I didn't see it coming. But Alina looks up, she notices the union point. Hey, guess what? It's the crystal. And then Alina turns and shouts, I don't need your wings, Laverna. And then throws the necklace with the weakest throw I've ever seen. But like it lunches like she's got the arm of Hercules on her as it sails and hits the union point. It, and it is a weak crystal. More like a <laughs> punion point. Am I right? So, the punion crystal breaks and all of the powers start flying around. They band together. They lift Laverna in the air. They spin her around a lot of times and then make her vanish. And then it explodes into a lot of fun and colorful lights. I see a slight problem with this. Yeah. No one ever got the antidote from Laverna. Yeah, not... Uh, does the wild magic going berserk everywhere fix it? Who knows? Who knows? It seems to just, it seems to just fix everything, so why it not? It fixes everything else that was done by Laverna's magic. It sets everyone like, free. It gets rid of the rope and the cage, which is very good, because they specify <laughs> that... They're magic and they can't be untied. Yeah. Which would be real bad if it didn't vaporize that stuff, because I would assume then that the only person who could untie it is Laverna, so they'd all just be stuck. <laughs> but, uh... No, Laverna gets fucking vaporized, though, dog. Yeah. Laverna's no. gone. She's gone gone, which can only mean one thing. She comes back in the sequel. I'm pretty sure she does. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you points for that one right now. I, <laughs> I'm i pretty sure she does. Pretty sure she's got to come back for the sequel. I don't know how she's coming back, but she got vaporized, but she's going to be back. Somehow? Somehow, some way. And I'm somehow here for she it. comes. Somehow, Laverna come, came back. I'm here for it. And Azura's like, oh, I knew you could do it. And I was like, you were zero help. Stop being proud. All you did was put her in more harm's way. <laughs> yeah she was kind of just like my flower's dying you gotta help me and then Azura is just like 
Here's the necklace. Oh, here's danger. <laughs> here's danger. Your life is in danger. Good luck. Good luck. Have fun. Like, no, that's not how this works. So Bibble comes in for a hug and then tackles Alina to the floor. Just straight he up. Tackles her. He's a strong, strong little creature. And that's pretty much the end. Everyone just kind of congregates onto Alina. And we're back in the meadow. And Alina's back. And the pixies greet her. And the other fairies are dancing. No one's mean to her. Everyone's just waving. Everyone's kind. Are the fairies doing the same dance from the beginning? I yes. assume it's just the same animated yes. dance. It's the same dance. It's the exact Fantastic. same dance. I just assume that they are rehearsing for something. Yeah. I, yeah. Who knows? They're just having a fun time. They're just vibing. Yeah, they're having a good they time. Just, you fairies just be dancing. Yeah. So then Dandelion sees her, just smiles, and then flies away. She's a terrible friend. I thought Dandelion legitimately was not going to say another line for the last, like, minute of the movie. And they, just because oh, they didn't want to, like, pay her for more. She does say more. It got but... close. It got really close. Hugh stops I, I was worried and says hello. Yeah, Hugh, who's known Elena for, like, what, like, a day? Stops and says hello. Dandelion flies down, still says nothing, and then the Enchantress shows up, and she's a fairy with a beautiful blue and gold dress. The Enchantress says, no need to bow to me, and that she came to thank them for bravery and willingness to sacrifice for others. Dandelion didn't do anything! The Enchantress is just a lady! Yeah, no, she's legit. There's nothing special about her. She's just a lady. In, like, a nice dress. But who isn't wearing a nice dress? Actually, most of them look like they're wearing flower The same petals. dress. Yeah. Or the same dress, just colored differently. I, like we established last episode, they're all pretty much the same character model. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no, the Enchantress is here. And she's like... She's I like, want to give you a gift! Yeah, and Elena's like, I don't need a gift. I just did what I had to do not to be a hero. And the Enchantress is like, yeah, whatever. Um, Here's a pretty butterfly necklace. You may not want a gift, but you deserve a gift. And I was like, oh, look, the gift is wings. But also, can people give me a gift even when I don't deserve a gift? <laughs> or like, yeah. if I do deserve a gift... I don't know what how that went. Um, yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I think I just butchered that one. Like I said before, it's kind of just the like fixing a disabled person trope again in a lot of media. It's also is it really a gift if it's just something everybody has, for the most part? No. But also, this doesn't fix fix the systematic problems of the world being entirely inaccessible to those who can't fly. Exactly. It's like, hey, look, now Elena can fly, sure, but what about the gnomes? What about fungus? What about all of these other creatures in this world that just can't get around because you can't build a place where people can just walk? I also have a problem with the Enchantress in general because it gives me absolute fucking, like, divine right of kings monarchy vibes because, like, what makes her special is... What makes the Enchantress special is that she, for some reason, has special powers. Special rainbow powers, but they're not elaborated on. She's just more powerful than the other people, so that makes it right for her to essentially rule. But does she really rule? Because, like I've said, we've stated, there's no real institutions. I don't know. 
don't like the Enchantress. She sucks. She tries to fix a disabled person. So fuck the Enchantress. Get a, she gives the get necklace. Get some democracy. Yeah. It starts to shine. Wings are sprouted, and Alina's able to fly. Bibble's happy, which is cute. And Alina flies, the others fly behind her, and they fly off, and that's the end of the movie. Now her legs can atrophy just like everybody else's. Yay! So next time somebody makes a poison gas to make people weak because they can't fly, it'll work on her too. Right? So, some statistics, and (laughs) there are not a lot that I could find on this movie. Important, two important notes at the end of the movie. No songs with lyrics during the credits, and there's a quote from Barbie at the end that's just, what makes you different makes you special. Barbie. Which is such a fucking cop-out quote that's so nothing. That's just like a nothing statement. Yeah, that's a really cop-out quote. It's just nothing. I don't know why it's at the end. I don't know why it's... I don't know why I sat through the entire credits like there was going to be some fucking Marvel end of credit <laughs> sequence. What did you expect? I don't know, an ad. Yeah, fair enough. So. You got statistics. Yeah, here are the statistics I have on IMDb. It got a 6 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, it was a 50%. And it is actually ranked in the top 250. No, it is not ranked in the top 250 on IMDb. This is the first film that hasn't been ranked. It. I don't know, man. It, It. I haven't seen everything on that top 250, but I'm sure that there's something on there that I just don't enjoy as much as I've enjoyed this film. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is... It's it's a piece of art. It's a movie. Better than it, The Godfather 2. I haven't seen The Godfather 2, so I... Isn't that one, like, the top of the top 250 on IMDb? No, that's actually Shawshank. Oh, is it? It's better yeah, than Shawshank. Shawshank is one, and then I think Godfather Part 2 is, like, three or something. Okay, I knew it was up there. Um, it, it's it's really far up there. More importantly than those ratings, one, Mermedia has higher ratings on everything. Yeah. I, people like that one more. And two, from Motion Picture Barbie, a WordPress blog, the lasting contribution to feminism is zero out of ten Barbie heads. <laughs> they had like they had like five different like ratings on it that were all out of ten Barbie heads. Adding up to like a total of like fifty points. Sure. And I think I think Fairytopia got like seven out of fifty. But the only one I noted down was the lasting contribution to feminism because I thought that one was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh, uh, yeah. I couldn't even find a budget. I couldn't find how much it made. I did find that it aired on Nickelodeon, so that explains a lot about. Yeah, it was budget. almost almost straight to DVD. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, there's no budget listed, is there? Nope. I would have written that down if there was. Yeah, but that's the end of the movie. I enjoyed it, all things considered. I mean, I will never go back and rewatch this film. No. (laughs) Why would you? (laughs) Bibble is a powerhouse. Yes, and most importantly, if you want to have a good time after watching that movie... There is a YouTube video. Do I even have it in here? Is it the one called Bibble is a Powerhouse? No, there's Bibble is the Powerhouse of the Cell, which is, which I think I did link in your Discord, which is from Mermadia. Okay. That's not the one you want to watch because that'll give slight spoilers. 
Sure. You want this one, which is Bibble is the real star of Fairytopia, and it's just like a fan cam cut. All right, I'll I'll link that one in the episode description as well for any of the viewers who are curious on what's going on over there. But do you have any last thoughts on this film, Griffin, before we sign off and have more of a conversation about this film? I love this movie. I am excited to talk about my research at the end. Hopefully I have even more coming about uh, this movie in particular, but that'll be a surprise secret for later that I might have just said during the recording of this and I don't remember, but oops. And then we'll do Mermadia. Yeah, Griffin's back next week. We're doing Mermadia together as well. It's going to be It wasn't expected at the time of the start of this, but... um. Oh, we're here and we're I on this trip together. I have another 10-page research document. And fun fact, the research documents are going to be free for anyone to see. It'll be an example of some of the types of content that you can get. But if you head over to Patreon, I'll make sure that it's available for anyone to be able to see until we are able to move it to a different location at some point in the future. But I will make sure that it is available for everyone to see the bonus content and the 10-page research document that Griffin has made. I will be sure to send you a link to the Google Doc, although maybe we don't keep it on the Google Doc and you post it in like a paste bin so that it's not just attached to my account. Yeah, no, don't worry. I'll put it up in a way that people can access it, but then like they can't access our stuff you know but yeah griffin thank you so much for joining this was a pleasure we talked for almost two hours on this movie so yeah two right, hours for reference we started at 1 54 p.m my time and it is now 3 11 p.m that is almost exactly two hours yeah i mean we did have some breaks in the middle that probably got cut out but I'm pretty sure this is one of the longest episodes of Post Finale so far, but thank you so much for joining. Listeners, if you've made it this far, seriously, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, we'll catch y'all later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Post Finale. This podcast is created, hosted, and produced by me, Ankit Madeira. Our editor is Pranav Nair. The music is by Ankit Madeira and Megan Hutchison. And the art is by Jared Rother. If you would like to support the show on Patreon and get access to bonus content, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com postfinale and signing up for any of the tiers. You'll gain different types of bonus content for signing up at different tiers, and any of the money that is made from the Patreon will go directly back into the show to help fund the show and make it a better show for you all for your listening pleasure. And thank you to anyone who is thinking of doing that. It is greatly appreciated. And if you cannot support the show financially, that's completely okay. Be sure to talk about us on social media at Post Valley Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to share the show with a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to grow the show. Reach out and be like, hey, you love movies? Check out this new podcast where they do a, a bit of analysis, but also just crack pretty bad jokes most of the time about these movies and be sure to leave a review on apple music apple podcasts spotify amazon whatever podcasting app you were using to listen to the show all of that really does help and thank you so much for tuning into this episode and be sure to tune in next week when we're diving into some more barbie fairytopia but this time we're heading to mermadia so until then we'll catch y'all later <laughs>